Hey, Brian, thank you to you and the others for, uh, for leading us in worship this day. Uh, you keep doing that, and we're going to forget about what's his name. <laughs> what, what, was his, what, what, was his, what was his name again? Anybody? Uh, it's Connor. That's it. That's it. That's it. It is Connor. We love Connor. Uh, Connor, uh, Connor I, I, I guess in the next couple of days, some, some of y'all might know, um, in the next couple of days, we'll get back on a boat, Charity, and come back to... Um, uh, the, the, the capital of Nicaragua and, and fly home, that happens. Um, but right now he's, he and a group of uh, others, Brooke and, and I think Ben and some others from, uh, uh, from, from locally and then another team are way in Nicaragua uh, working. And I, I, think that, I think that what they're doing is preaching the very gospel that we're preaching this morning. So we can all say amen to that. So, so um, imagine, well, I mean, heck, Imagine, imagine the boat driver of the little craft that, uh, that, that Connor, and I understand it's really little, uh, that Connor and the others got on. Imagine, imagine he cranks up the boat and starts out and then just... Or, or imagine, imagine, imagine the world-class sprinter, right? Stretching out and lacing up their shoes, right? And then getting down in the crouch. Imagine, imagine a sprinter getting down in the crouch, and when the gun fires and they take that first step. <clears throat> or let me, try, let me try this. Imagine the teacher who, uh, who prepares the lesson plan and readies the classroom with every row in the right place and welcomes the students in and turns to the perfectly groomed chalkboard with the... They don't use those anymore. Let's try that again. Um, smart board and they roll their little mouse right into the middle of the smart board and right when they utter their first words all right one more try one more try maybe <clears throat> imagine the aircraft maintainer all right and some of you are going oh yeah i know what you're talking about now. yeah yeah the other stuff i didn't get uh i'm looking out and looking at a lot of world-class sprinters in the room imagine the aircraft maintainer who takes, who takes the, the, the piece of, 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 of metal and it's, and it's perfectly cut and it's perfectly smooth and, and they put in that first rivet. I mean, lives are at stake. And then, and then they stop. Imagine any of those circumstances where, where you take the first step and stop. Hey, Mindy, I, now I'm seeing you there. We really do love Connor. Um, <laughs> I didn't see you at first. I want you to be, we're clear. We're good with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually see her. Um, <clears throat> Imagine starting a thing and not stopping. I mean, and, and, and not continuing it. I mean, what, what do you call the sprinter who thinks that one step is going to get him the prize? What do, you, what, do you, what do you call the maintainer that thinks that one rivet is going to hold it together? Because it won't, right? What do you think about the teacher who's all ready and offers the first word and then quits? And yet, and yet there are people in the world that, dare I say, preach and believe a gospel it's dangerously like that. As Methodists, as Methodists, we do not believe this concept for as well-intended as it is. And I know it's well-intended. I mean that. I mean that. 
I mean, everything I say up here, except for the jokes about Connor. Um, <clears throat> once saved, always saved. It, 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 it's intended to be good. It, 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 it's intended to assure people's hearts, and yet, and yet it's a pitfall and a trap. Because it, be, it can be perceived that one step is enough. I mean, I, I actually think that a concept similar to, like, to that was, uh, was going on in the time of Jesus. And he had a word, dare I say, a stark word about such a well-intended but not right way of thinking. What did he, what did he say in Matthew Matthew 23, 15, it's just, it's just a single verse, but he says, how terrible it will be for you, legal experts and Pharisees. So he's, he's talking to the leaders, the leaders of that religious movement, hypocrites. When he says hypocrites, everybody sort of straightens up because this is Jesus talking. You travel over sea and land to make one convert, but when they've been converted, they become twice the child of hell you are. And everybody goes, Jesus said, what? Because the thing is, you're right. Jesus didn't talk like that a lot. And yet, common English Bible and almost every translation has Jesus saying those very words. How can we avoid being in a similar spot? How can we avoid this same pitfall and trap? What can we do to not be that that Jesus is warning the people of his time is possible? Turn with me in your Bibles uh, back, to, uh, back to Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. I say back to because we spent um, a, a glorious summer going through Philippians last year. So it's, uh, we're going to pick up in Philippians 1. And I just want to read some verses because I believe that, that throughout this letter, so fundamental to, 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 to laying out the gospel, a gospel of submission and a gospel of Jesus being glorified and, 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 and every knee and every tongue, this this word, and, but in the midst of that, Paul is writing that the truth is it doesn't happen like that. He says in, he says in Philippians 1.6, I'm sure about this, the one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. You turn the page over, and in, in, in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, he says, Therefore, my loved ones, just as you always obey me, not just when I am present, but now even more while I am away, carry out. A lot of translations, if you're looking at um, a, a different translation, a lot of translations will say, work out. Work out. Carry out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." Now, now, lest you think that Paul is preaching something that we don't believe, this, this idea that, that our works can save us. He says, no, God is doing the work, but you have a task. You have a role to play in that. And he actually gets into that in the next. He says, God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good purposes and then laying out his life as an example of what that looks like in the very next chapter Paul Paul shares that that I had achieved everything I had amassed and accrued and I had all of the 
merit badges. I had 27 when I was done. Um, A couple of little gold things. While that works in scouting, Paul says, I took all of my accomplishments and I put them aside. I counted them as rubbish because the work that God is doing in me and the work that God is calling on me to do is to set all of that aside. He, he says it this way. He says it this way. Verse 10 of chapter 3. The righteousness that I have comes from knowing Christ, the power of his resurrection, and the participation in his sufferings. It includes being conformed to his death so that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the dead. It's not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. So all of us who are spiritually mature should think this way. And if anyone thinks differently, God will reveal it to him or her. And then, and then a word for every person in the room. Only, let's live in a way that is consistent with whatever level we have reached. This, this is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. Let's live in a way that is consistent with whatever level we have reached. See, see Paul is preaching this gospel that says, that says what happens in a moment takes a lifetime to accomplish what we start with that first step requires us to continue to run with perseverance that 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 one moment doesn't get it all done and it didn't for paul there at the end he says if if you said yes decades ago if you said yes years ago if you said yes in another season and you find yourself further along shouldn't your level be consistent with where you are another way of saying it is if 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 god has started a new thing in your heart Shouldn't there be examples? Shouldn't there be, shouldn't there be evidence of that that the world could see? I think, I think he's talking to the modern church. That, that, you, that, that you can be saved years ago that you can say yes but if you're not continuing to pursue if you're not continuing to submit if you're not continuing 
the work that God wants to do in you. It's God's grace that's at work in you. And, and your work is to get out of the way of it. Your work is to pull yourself out of the way of it. Your work is to not be an obstacle to what God wants to do. But if you're not doing that consistently in your life to match where you are on the inside, then what is the world seeing? I mean, I mean, what do we say of the Christian? What do we say of the Christian who can't find his Bible? What, what, do, what do we say of the believer that, that can't find the church house? What, what do you say of the person who said yes once but has no close relationships with other believers in which to confess their sins and, and, and to seek counsel and, and, and to be led in ways that are growing our hearts and our souls. What do we say? Other than that sounds a lot like the sprinter who thinks he's won with a single step. This is how, this is how John Wesley put it. Everyone though born of God in an instant, yet undoubtedly grows by slow degrees. This guy's pretty good for having lived 300 years ago. By justification, we are saved from the guilt of sin. This is the truth. This is, what, this is exactly what we preached last week. We have been moved from the wrong side to the right side. We have found our names written in the, in the book of life, and yet... It's by sanctification we are saved from the power and root of sin. There is more that God wants to do with us. All of this is grace. Early early thinker and leader in the church, Thomas Akimbus, says it this way. Lord, how absolutely necessary to me is your grace if I want to begin something good to continue with it and then to complete it. Without your grace, I can do nothing, but with it strengthening me, I can do all things. He's stealing a little phrase from uh, Philippians 4.13, right? It's your grace that allows me to not only start the thing, not only to continue the thing, but to complete it. Because here's the thing, completing it and starting it are not the same thing. In the, in, the, in the church, we believe that we gather for an hour to be, to be inspired by songs that speak to our hearts. We, we gather for an hour to, to learn names and stories, to be in fellowship with one another. That's what's happening in this hour. We gather for an hour to hear the word of God spoken and preached by the, by the men and the women that stand in front of you to do that. We gather for that hour, but we also believe in the church that there's another hour that need to happen. I mean, if, if you've been a part of this church for a long time, but you don't find yourself in, in, in another level, in, in, in Sunday school, in, in Bible studies, in, in small groups, in table groups, in one-on-one, if you, if you don't find yourself in, in, in a smaller setting, 
then I'm not sure your efforts are matching the level that God is leading to you on the inside. Now, if you're a visitor with us, if you haven't been here that long, if you've got questions about all this, we, um, we've, we've, uh, we, we do this little thing. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. Uh, we're doing it next Sunday night. We'll give you a chance this week to, uh, to sign up for it. We're, uh, it's, got, it's got a really complicated title. Um, I'll have to explain what it's about. The title of it is um, Pizza with a Pastor. Let me explain. What we do is um, we actually have pizza with a pastor. Um, and we get together and we sit around a table and we just... We just answer questions and we talk about about what this church believes and and what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in this place but here's the preview it's more than an hour for as great as this is God is calling our lives to be consistent with the level of grace that he is pouring out in us And not a single person in this room is foolish enough to think that the sprinter wins the race by taking one step. That the plane is put back together with just one rivet. So if we know that's not true out there, why would we behave like it's true in here? Let's pray. Gracious God, may the good work that you have started in us be brought to completion by your grace. This is our prayer. Lord, open our eyes to see that even this week you have been at work nudging and prompting, reminding us You love us. And your desires for us are great. You desire that we would open our hearts to let your grace finish what we have started together. Lord, for the people in the room, who are in need of healing of their hearts. For the people in the room who are in need of comfort. Lord, our prayer is that your work would continue. We offer it in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen.